0: All I just wanted to say that. Turn my mic up. Can you turn it down in the headphones just a
1: bit? Turn it up in the headphones. I also, leave this part in the track. Leave
0: this part right. in the track.
1: I want this to be the first five seconds of every song.
0: <laughs> Your whole album is just. I want. <laughs> I want this to be the first five seconds of every song. Is the first five seconds of every song? That would be sick. Uh,
1: when I, yeah, when I was studying abroad, I saw a poster for um, a guy named DJ Seinfeld. Ooh. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I got to see this guy. It's like, what's the deal
0: with my headphones? Turn them up. Turn them down. Welcome to that's good sports podcast. Uh, that is Will Keys reminiscing about the time he saw DJ Seinfeld. I'm Brandon Perna. You can follow Will Keys on Twitter at Wilkies 6 This is the That's Good Sports podcast where we talk about football for. An hour and some change. Uh, half of it, Denver Broncos news. And the other half of it, NFL news and game picks. Um, quite a bit to talk about today. Uh, we'll, we'll ask the important question in relation to the Broncos. What the fuck happened in San Francisco? Uh, well, the wavering back and forth on to fire or not to fire Vance Joseph. Chubb chasing that sack record. Vikings fire their OC John Day, but D. Filippo. Um, the Raiders, uh, Oakland, suing the Raiders and the NFL, and Brandon Marshall cut by the Saints. And then, of course, we'll pick every game. So, you know, it's Week 15. Well, shit is is happening. Uh, surprisingly, uh, I think the thing that shocked me this week, Will, is the amount of teams that still have a mathematical chance of getting into the playoffs, which include yeah. the Falcons at 4-9, and nine, <laughs> the Lions at 5-8, and eight, uh, I think the Bengals still, and the Browns even. So um, I don't know. I think I guess that makes the games a little more interesting this week, but I don't know if we can top last weekend where I felt like every game had some sort of playoff implication except for the Jets and the Bills.
1: Yeah, well, guess what, listeners? If you thought math was for nerds, uh, try figuring out who is the tiebreaker if Cleveland wins their next three games and Pittsburgh loses their next three games. Who's the sixth? Uh, who's got the wild card spot? Yeah. So, Look, turns out algebra two was actually very worthwhile and not a waste of time.
0: Although, if you want to uh, host your own shitty podcast, you don't need to know that sort of algebra. Nope, absolutely not. Because Will teased you there, and we are not going to give you the answer to that math equation. Oh, do you think I know? <laughs> I sure don't. No. I mean, the Steelers and the Ravens would both have to lose out, right, for the Browns to get in? Or the Ravens could win one and the Browns? No, well, someone's, someone's got to win the AFC North. Right. Well, Clearly I mean, not. the Browns can get in and still by. Oh man. Yeah, a lot yeah, of things have exactly. To happen. Again, yeah, exactly. Again, I'm not going to give you the answer.
1: <laughs> uh Will will be man. in Colorado um,
0: what? Tomorrow?
1: Yeah, flying there tomorrow morning.
0: Uh oh, what time do you leave?
1: Uh I want to say
0: 9:30. Okay. So you have to you have to do writing tonight for that six I sure I sure do. Pressure is on, Will. Duna, duna. <laughs> um up against the wall and will and i are trying to meet for a drink on friday we got to figure out when and where uh will thought he was going to be in parker which is close to me ish (laughs) uh, but he's not he's going to be in colorado springs which is uh an hour away um so we got to find somewhere in the middle maybe castle rock Will we might be in the hot town of castle rock
1: uh, I mean, if you keep airing this out, people are gonna come find us. Uh and that's okay. find us
0: in Castle Rock.
1: I will leave clues on Twitter. All yeah, if, if, and
0: if and you can actually, yeah. If you can actually
1: find, us, yeah, can can us, actually find us, I was gonna say, if you can actually find us, more power to you.
0: Yeah, they. You have to buy our drink. So if you do find us, mm, finder's fee. Uh, we As will be uh, two of fifty white bearded men drinking <laughs> at a bar in, in Castle Rock. <laughs> Yeah. Well, who knows? I could shave before then. Oh, interesting. Ooh, shave. Shave is on the line, huh? But I'll never not be white, so. No, that's true. That's Um, just. That's very true. Very permanent. And then the Browns game is happening Saturday night, which we will be at live, and (laughs) I will be at a holiday party trying to probably watch on TV to TV which really just pisses me off. I hate the Saturday games in December. I really do. Oh, it's always very convenient.
1: Yeah, this is going to uh, be the very disappointing back leg of a doubleheader uh, Broncos games for me. I was, at the, I was at the 49ers game in Santa Clara oh, yeah. last week. That was kind of a spur of the moment thing because I live uh, very close.
0: And, what, did it, what did it feel like live watching that game?
1: Uh, it felt like um all of my hopes and dreams being torn away all at once uh it felt like just watching a very uh, a very slow train wreck mm-hmm. um, yeah, no basically uh whenever you can be down by twenty points in the middle of the third quarter to a team that's two and ten mm-hmm. uh not a good feeling ever,
0: yeah. But, a, um, a little, okay, yeah, a, can't a little, recommend it. A little bit of 2017, I felt crept back, right back up into uh, the Browns' game plan.
1: And all that being said, uh, they had multiple chance to win, chances to win the game in the fourth quarter, and uh, they refused to do any any such thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, they had. Well, that's the thing about the NFL. You look at any game, and you see opportunities for for teams to to win, right? Like, uh. When I was looking at the Chiefs-Ravens game, uh, before Kansas City, I believe, kicked their game-winning kick, what well, would be their game-winning kick in overtime, Patrick Mahomes fumbled the ball. Like, yeah. He just fumbled. He just, like, fell out of his hand, and luckily his offensive lineman was on top of it, like, ran and, and picked it up. Like, the Ravens were, you know, that close to winning that game on a huge Mahomes mistake. Uh, the Eagles, in the Cowboys game last weekend, the referees screw the Eagles out of a fumble, right? Is that what it was, a fumble that they gave to the Cowboys or some shit? Um, yeah, so that's what I heard. It's it's like that in every game, and it just sucks because we pay so much attention to the Broncos, and you see it happen. It's happened in all of their losses this year, but in their wins, too, in their wins, it's been the other team who didn't capitalize on the mistakes. So I was surprised that they lost to the 49ers because I honestly thought they were going to lose to the Browns this week um, and crush our spirits. Uh, I thought it was going to be the Raiders game. I thought it would be, I thought
1: <laughs> they'd wait um, until Christmas Eve on um, Monday Night Football to, to lay the proverbial egg in front of everybody. Right. Just because that feels like uh, the most crushing way to do it because, um, you know, you you get through the 49ers and the Browns, and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You've got a winning record by then. Uh, And to do it uh, to uh, a terrible, terrible Raiders team that actually found a way to beat the Steelers on Sunday, Uh, on a holiday, no less, would be the most humiliating fashion possible, I think.
0: Yeah, that would be, I mean... That also, would have been the way to do it. For, I think
1: it's um, the last time that the Raiders are going to play in the Coliseum. So,
0: I Well, yeah, see. that is up in the air. Uh, even more so now that the city of Oakland is suing the yeah. Raiders and the NFL, saying that the, the move to Las Vegas is illegal, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I don't think the city is going to win that, <laughs> that argument. Mm. Um, but... And I want to work on a joke for this in the episode, Will. But like to me, seeing a bunch of like Raiders fans all in their Raider gear, just in a court <laughs> yeah, I see of where law, this is going in the court of law with yeah. you know suing like yeah. Uh, I, I started to write something there, so we we got to think of something funny. Like uh, oh yeah,
1: no, it's like when Boltman went to all those uh those city hall meetings uh, dressed as Boltman in San Diego. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> I'll have to send you the picture. Oh shit! Uh, but yeah, awesome. I would love. Um, yeah, I'd love someone. I'd love like the the violator to show up in his like full spiked shoulder pads. Um,
0: yeah, it's, in front of a judge. It's like fucking Mad Max meets Law and Order <laughs> yeah. or something. You know what I mean?
1: Also, what a wild name, the violator. The, 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 the violator <laughs> sounds like a lot of the people that go to Raiders games. Um, <laughs> but yeah uh, to just to break down the game uh, obviously we're a few days out but uh, the one thing that I think stuck out to everybody regardless of where you watch the game is the 49ers knew that they only had to stop two people in the Broncos offense and it was Cortland Sutton and Philip Lindsay, and they did that very well yeah the Broncos had two guys to stop Uh, They had George Kittle to stop, which they decided not to do. Let him rack up 210 yards in the first half.
0: Did you hear Vance Joseph trying to defend that this week? No. What did he say? He was like, he was like, "Okay, guys. I mean, uh, that's not like a good impression of him, but it just I got to do it in a a little bit different of a voice. You just have to sound like uh, Keith David. (laughs) Like, yeah, I can't, I can't do it. but he was like, uh, okay, guys. he it was three catches for two hundred and ten yards. It's not like we gave yep. up <laughs> twenty catches to him. It was three blown catch. Like he was trying to defend it. It's like here's, a, here's the thing: one of them went for eighty
1: five yards. Uh, another one went for like fifty.
0: <laughs> yeah, they fucked you up. Those three catches fucked you up. Yeah. In the defense and like what he should have said was: look, we got we had young guys back in the secondary who made some mistakes in those situations yeah. or. We didn't have the right defense called. They exploited it. There's no excuse for that. But uh, trying to, like, justify that just because it was three catches for 210 yards doesn't make it any better at all. It's like saying, like, oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers threw four touchdowns against us, but it's only for 160 yards. Yeah, well, uh,
1: he's thrown six before. <laughs> It's like literally, I think, yeah, you could have just been like, oh Shannon Sharp had more yards that yeah, one time.
0: He did. And uh Sh- Shannon Sharp was talking about <laughs> it. Only like, one. If I was George Kittle, I'd have been screaming to get one more, one more catch in that game. Uh, yeah, really. But the Broncos protected that record. Maybe they made adjustments at halftime. Uh, a lot of people wanted to defend them, be like, yeah. They did a much better job in the second half. You should give them credit for it. It's like uh eh, maybe it is uh, you know, it was embarrassing. Yeah, agreed. But again, like I wasn't surprised. I thought it would be close. So I I thought it could go either way. Um but to to lose the way they did was was stupid. So let's get into what are your feelings now about Vance Joseph because they change every week. Yeah. This is the thing. This is the thing.
1: So you win three games in a row and you go from, uh, he's absolutely gone. Like we might just fire him any week now to, well, now you have to think about extending him for another year, uh, or not extending him, but just keeping him for another
0: year. Just honoring the contract. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And now that he's lost again and the team is six and seven and they're not out of the playoffs, but the playoffs, uh, the likelihood of going to the playoffs drops significantly after losing on the road to San Francisco.
0: Yeah, they're not now everybody's in back.
1: Yeah, now everybody's back to fire Vance Joseph again. And the only thing I see uh, that I understand is like it's the nature of the loss because to fire a guy who could finish the season uh, after starting three and six, like nine and seven, which is still a possibility, uh, that seems pretty uh, ridiculous, but the fact that they lost the way that they did falling behind 20 to nothing uh to a team that was 2 and 10 at the time on their third string quarterback uh and roughly no wide receivers that we ever we've ever heard of giving up 210 yards to the only uh, offensive threat in the game in the first half like it's just the way that they lost
0: it's mind boggling to really, me how really how they gets to you didn't account for George Kittle. Like, it's just, yeah. it blows my mind that that was a uh, an oversight. And I say that with a young guy back there, and Isaac Yadam and Langley maybe being your third corner out there, or who, like, yeah, I get it. They're in, a bad, they're in a bad situation without Chris Harris, and they're in a bad situation without Emmanuel Sanders. So right. part of me sympathizes with them for that. Uh, the patchwork O line kind of got exploited by a pretty talented 49ers defensive line. Yeah, like, I get that, but really, I don't think Vance Joseph is on his way to being a good head coach for the Denver Broncos. I don't think Case Keenum's on his way to being a, a quarterback who can carry a team. And if that those, was yeah,
1: yeah, that was the, the thing that stuck out to me uh, seeing the game in person is just like. Case Keenum, when there's any sign of pressure, like he's just bailing out of the play and he's going to – like he shortens the field significantly. Like he's got one free rusher on one side and he'll just like roll out to the nearest sideline and uh, make it so, you know, all he can throw to is one receiver that's usually headed out of bounds. And it either turns into like a sack or just an incompletion or – uh, a sideline catch that gets ruled in completion that they don't challenge,
0: <laughs> right? And <laughs> not yeah, to I mean, pick that's, out any one play. That's another thing that you could criticize Vance <laughs> yeah. Joseph and the the coach, the whole coaching staff. Like they didn't even. It feels like they didn't address the fact that they had challenge issues earlier in the mm-hmm. season. Right. But then, like what you're discussing with Case Keenum, you're seeing the deficiency of having a quarterback who doesn't have that elite athletic skill set to play the position, right? And that's why people get enamored with with the guy who can throw the ball anywhere because when you watch a guy like Patrick Mahomes, uh, who does get pressured quite a bit in Kansas City, roll out, like every passing option is still open to him. When yeah. Aaron Rodgers rolls out, every passing option is still open because they can throw the ball anywhere on the field and Case Keenum just doesn't have that kind of arm arm talent nor do I think he really has the competence right now to, to take some of those risks and and want him to take those risks. But if you don't, if you, if you're not the guy who can make those throws, you're probably better off playing the way Case Keenum is playing right now.
1: Yeah. Well, I understand where Keenum's coming from because for the first half of the season, everybody's well uh, Case Keenum needs to stop throwing interceptions and that's priority number one. And he's done that. Uh, But the thing about when you stop throwing interceptions and you're, you know, consciously trying to avoid turnovers is you're not going to take chances and now he's not taking any chances and people are saying, well, he's got to take some chances down the yeah. field. Well, you're going to throw interceptions, especially when you're missing Emmanuel Sanders and you're on the fourth version of uh, the offensive line that you started with.
0: Right. Uh, and you can't run the ball on the road. Well, and that's really what the, the key was, was yeah that worked with the Broncos being able to run the ball. And you know, at some point, you you knew a, a team was going to stop them in the run game. Did yeah. I think San Francisco was going to do it as effectively as they did? No. I thought it would be challenging, but uh, they don't have a great set of middle linebackers there. And I thought, you know, Philip Lindsay was going to bust a, a couple plays. But, it, you know, it just it didn't happen. They had a better game plan for it. And it felt like, really, I think what sticks out to, to Broncos fans is it just felt like, uh, the Broncos coaching staff got out coached.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. Uh, one thing that stuck out to me on the game is like, and this is not like <laughs> speak to any of their coaching abilities. It's just like Kyle Shanahan looks like a head coach because you can always see him and like he's always like kind of wandering onto the field and he's like a few feet ahead of like the rest of his coaching staff. And Vance Joseph just like blends in with everybody else. Yeah, and it doesn't like feel do. like he does anything like Kyle Shanahan just always got that play sheet in his hands and he's always talking to somebody over the headset and Vance Joseph just kind of has his arms crossed and you're like not sure exactly what he does around here
0: no I, I he think does. and I think that's why like I'm kind of excited that John uh, Filippo got fired because I feel like he's that kind of guy, whether he's a good head coach or not, whether or not what's happening in Minnesota with their offense is his fault, he feels like the kind of guy who's going to be looking at that fucking play sheet and feel like he's (laughs) smarter than you. You don't feel like Vance Joseph is smarter than you, and that's a problem. You want the guy who's like, oh, that guy that guy knows that algebra shit, and he puts Mm -hmm. it on to football plays. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, like
1: uh, somebody I was sitting next to brought up, uh, during the games, like, you ever feel like you have a tactical advantage with your coaching staff? And I was like, no, I feel the opposite every single week.
0: Yeah, I don't <laughs> – I feel like they're going to call their game plan. It's going to be a moderate game plan. And as long as the players execute perfectly, they yeah. have a very good chance to win. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel like they coach to play your strengths very well. I think that's something you need to do. Uh, I guess you could question that with a guy like uh, – You know, Filippo in uh, in Minnesota, they have this great running back in Dalvin Cook, and they never hand off the ball type thing. So I don't know. Right. Uh, But it's uh, uh, their season's basically done. There's technically hope, but I've mostly accepted that their season is done.
1: Yeah, you'd almost wish like they're like mathematically eliminated at this point because it feels like it and you yeah. don't want to, like, get your hopes up after a win. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, we still do – we still get to root for Bradley Chubb in the sack record. That's basically That's all we have left.
1: Important. Yeah, no. Uh, it looked like before this game, like, it looked like there's an outside chance, and now the fact that he got two sacks against San Francisco uh, means that it, there's a pretty good chance that it's going to happen because he's three away because Javon Kurse was at 14-and-a-half his rookie year in Tennessee – Uh, And Chubb's at 12 right now. So two and a half, he ties it. Three, he just gets it. So, And you look at the offensive lines he's playing, Cleveland's fine. They're not a great offensive line, nor they're a terrible offensive line. Baker Mayfield probably makes them look better than they are. Got a chance to get one there. The Raiders, uh, you've always got a chance to get one there. And then the Chargers, uh, tough. But Phillip River's always, like, just the fact that he's the least mobile quarterback of all time always gives you a chance to to have a couple of sacks, as Von Miller has shown throughout his entire career, basically. Yeah.
0: No, he's the most sacked uh uh QB by Miller, right? Yeah. Um by far. So Ch- I think he can get it. I hope he gets two sacks um against Baker. Although Baker Mayfield they're the the Browns went three straight games without giving up a sack, which uh, I think was the, <laughs> it was like the longest streak for the Browns in thirty 30- <laughs> some shit. Uh, he did get sacked once last week. He's a mobile guy. He's going to try to extend plays. So I think there is an opportunity. Even say the, the Browns' line's playing well. Uh, I don't know if Baker's going to have to extend plays with the Broncos' secondary, but uh, there's a chance there for it. Um, but you've constructed a a game. Yes, for, for us to test because the Broncos worked right. out a ton of players, right? That we don't know.
1: Yeah. So, of. they uh brought in 15 players to work out because uh that's what bad teams do.
0: Is this the uh, did Peterman
1: work out? Is this when No, 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 no. No, no okay. you wouldn't have recognized any of the names on this list. Uh I definitely didn't. But so what I'm going to do, I've got 10 names uh and we're going to see out of 10 because I mixed these names up with uh some of them are players that worked out for the Broncos and the other half are NBA players. Okay. (laughs) So um, we're going to see out of ten how many you can guess correctly, whether they're free agents in the NFL or active NBA players. All right. Got ten names for you. The first one, Winston Craig. (laughs) This is going to be tough.
0: (laughs) That sounds like a guy the Broncos worked out. Correct. Yes. One for one.
1: Yeah. Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Ooh. Rondé Hollis. Another guy the Broncos worked out. Wrong. Damn it. Who does he play for? That's a power forward for the Brooklyn Nets. (laughs) Mm. Okay. Greer Martini. (laughs) That's a good name. That's an alcoholic drink. Uh, Something you order at a bar. NBA. NBA. Nope. Free agent. Damn it. Robert Covington. NBA. Yes. <laughs> Did you know him? Nope. Okay. Ford for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Shelvin Mack. Player they worked out. Nope.
0: Damn it. <laughs> Guard for the Memphis Gri- Grizzlies. Shelvin. Hmm. Yeah. That doesn't it sounds, sound it's like-
1: sounds it's a football name, isn't it? Shelvin yeah.
0: Mack. Selvin nope. Young, Shelvin yeah. Mack. You know, maybe I was just
1: That's yeah, that I designed this game to to be tough on you. Henry Mondo. B- NBA. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nope. Damn great it! Agent. Mondo sounds like a tall guy.
1: Yeah. Well, it's got the yeah, like Mondo Burger from uh the great film Good Burger. Yeah. Like Matumbo. Mondo. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> It's like the French spelling, though. Like it's M O N D E A U X. Oh yeah, I so definitely I
0: think, would not yeah. have pronounced that guy's name Mondo. He probably went to LSU. I've um,
1: been like
0: Mondox. <laughs> Mondox. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, literally. Uh,
1: Christian Lacouture. Basketball. Nope. Damn
0: it! <laughs> it sounds far. like
1: I mean, it sounds like a hockey player. First of all, yeah, he does. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Marvin Bagley.
0: Oh God! <laughs> Sounds like a basketball player from the seventies. Uh, I'll say NBA.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a rookie power forward for the Kings. Oh, Bagley, huh? That's right. Uh, you got that one.
0: <clears throat> uh, Trevon Mathis. Uh, that's a they worked him out. Correct. Yeah. If you say it with confidence, it's uh, you got a better chance of getting it.
1: <laughs> That's true. Antoine Moore.
0: Basketball. Yeah. Mm. He's small a forward. small forward. For, the, <laughs> for what For uh, what Ra- team? For the Raptors.
1: No. For the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah. All right. So let's count this up. North. Okay. North you North. got uh, five out of 10. 50 50.
0: Like flipping Perfectly. a coin. Perfectly mediocre. Wow. So good job. Yeah, I definitely don't know NBA players or any of the guys the Broncos worked out. <laughs> that's what we've learned from this that's segment. That's what we learned. Uh, but we should talk about
1: the game uh, that's coming yeah. up on Saturday night. Uh, it's a fairly big one, if not for the Broncos anymore, then for the Browns. Browns got to win. Yeah, the Browns, it feels like the biggest game in Cleveland, in well, not in Cleveland, but for <laughs> Cleveland in like I don't know since like two thousand seven.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean they haven't been in a position to even think about the playoffs this late in the season. Uh and they just beat they just beat Carolina. So and I know I know right. the Panthers are on a a giant losing streak. streak. Yeah. But they're I mean they're still a decent football team. No, it's still a quality win. So With the Browns playing the Broncos, the Broncos reeling from a loss, like it it just smells like a game that the Browns are going to win. They have guys, I mean, against Carolina, uh, Baker Mayfield had like a 66-yard pass to, was that to Callaway? Uh, I'm not sure if that was Callaway or Yeah, not. he had
1: a long one to Jarvis Landry that then, uh, another, in between like, three
0: defenders. Another long one to Jarvis Landry. And they're, be, they're doing that stupid jet sweep play to Jarvis Landry, and he had a ton yeah, of yeah. rushing yards in that game. Uh, they have a pretty good defensive front, too. They can get after the quarterback. I don't think it's going to be easy for Case Keenum. Um,
1: yeah, I worry about Garrett Bowles. uh trying to block Miles Garrett because I think he comes from the right side typically.
0: Yeah, hard to I mean, I'd
1: have, you know, I'd have some concerns no matter what direction he comes from,
0: but against Garrett Bowles,
1: a little troublesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Browns have, I mean, they've won three of the last four and not like the competition has been great. The good team they played were the Texans and the Texans kicked their ass, uh, 29-13. But they beat the Falcons, the Bengals, uh, and the Panthers, and they beat the Bengals the way the Broncos should have beat the Bengals uh, handily. Uh, Correct. And now Hugh Jackson has the Bengals in last place.
1: <laughs>
0: so it's, it's really an
1: achievement to have uh, two teams in last place, yeah. in the same season, he of is, the same division.
0: And it, it obviously, I mean, I mean that's not his fault, but it's just funny and (laughs) maybe i mean i don't know but i haven't won since he got there it's uh but i mean andy dalton's gone and all, and and the Bengals (laughs) put up a fight against the chargers yeah they did they did jeff Jeff driscoll almost beat the chargers they were Um, giving the chargers a little too much credit everything about that yeah, I mean the Chargers got lucky against the Steelers. They sure did. Uh, the Chargers are going to be tested tomorrow night. We're going to figure we're going to figure them out tomorrow night. Um, yes, I think so. But in addition to Baker Mayfield playing better, like Greg Williams being smart enough to like just let Baker Mayfield do his thing as a quarterback, not trying to restrain him, I think has been. Uh, a huge help to the Browns. And also they have a good running back and rookie running back in Nick Chubb. So yeah. uh, it is, I don't know, it just smells like a a recipe for disaster for the Broncos because they lost to San Francisco. Had they beat San Francisco, I'd be a little more optimistic about it. But I don't know if there is a fight left in the team uh, and I'm saying that knowing, like, this is a team who has fought every single week, every game they played in. Like, that's been, like, the, the silver lining is, like, well, at least they don't fucking give up, and they, right. they make every game a competition. Yeah, and they didn't give up against the 49ers. That's no, they didn't. the one
1: good thing you can say about that game.
0: Uh, but, I don't know. I, I just think the Browns are going to win, is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm picking the Broncos just because uh, I just can't fathom seeing them lose in
0: person. <laughs> twice? Two times in a twice, row? Twice,
1: yeah. Twice in the span of uh, seven days. But an interesting stat about the Browns, since uh, Greg Williams took over, who's known as a defensive guy, Hugh Jackson was an offensive-minded coach, as we all know. But uh, since they made the switch – They're averaging 6.9 yards per play, which is first in the NFL. And they're 14 for 14, scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Isn't that wild? That's pretty impressive. We joked about the Browns for a full year before this. And um, they're – I don't want to say they're making us look stupid, but they're making us look a little bit stupid.
0: I guess what's interesting is – Uh, I'm trying to look at their defense right now. It looks like their defense has went to shit because I thought their defense was decent, but they're they're giving up right now. Second worst, 411 yards per game. So that's kind of what happens when you have a better
1: scoring offense, though.
0: Yeah, but they've got (laughs) talent on that defense a lot of it um, yeah um what do they what kind of rushing yards are they giving up per game i'm seeing yeah they're fifth worst they're like, they're giving up 103 okay 133 rushing yards per game 17 rushing touchdowns so if the broncos do win i think it's going to be because Philip Lindsay's going to be able to run the ball again uh i mean you could have yeah, said well, that anyway <laughs> i mean it doesn't matter who the fuck they play you can say that but um Cleveland looks like they might be susceptible to giving up a, a, a big day to Philip Lindsay.
1: Who, yeah. I mean the way. Yeah.
0: Go ahead. I was going to say who, after what Saquon Barkley did last week is probably definitely. Yeah. Not he's out of the running. Of the year award we so desperately wanted. <laughs> no, we're putting everything
1: in our uh <laughs> we're, we're putting all of our faith in Bradley Chubb at this point. Uh, not to say that Lindsay hasn't had a great season, but. Uh, he's just not going to have any sort of chance now because even if the stats were perfectly similar, uh, Saquon Barkley would have had the edge uh, on the basis of being Saquon Barkley first and foremost. But yeah, the, I feel like the, the game plan to win this game is this time you have to get ahead first and the Broncos haven't done that in what feels like forever But if you get ahead first and you make Baker Mayfield throw every time and you take Nick Chubb out of the game to some extent, then I think you're going to have a pretty good advantage. Uh, And you're not dropping back and throwing the ball every time against a guy like Miles Garrett and letting someone like Denzel Ward try to make a play on the ball uh, like they were basically against the 49ers just because they became so predictable in the second half that the the defensive line and the outside linebackers could tee off just about every play and that made it, you know, extra, extra hard for Case Keenum if it wasn't hard enough already. So they they just need to get off to a better start than they have in the last you know, even since they started winning. Yeah. You know, a month <laughs> ago, they need to get off to a better start. And you know, I don't know if you saw this tweet. There's this thing that uh Ben Albright tweeted. Uh, And he always has some good, like, observations uh, about the Broncos. But he said something about – Vance Joseph said, like, five or six weeks ago that the Broncos needed to get off to better starts. And it turned out, like, they're top ten in scoring in the first quarter. And since he said that, they've scored, like,
0: three points in the first
1: quarter. (laughs) Uh, It just feels like – I don't know. You gotta have better awareness of what's actually happening to your team.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can that's say a, we gotta get off yeah. to a better start, but they <laughs> that's not the problem. <laughs> if it's if it's not and that, that's hard to put on the coaches because I feel like early in games is when you see Keenum at his most inaccurate um I don't know. I feel like I've seen a few games where they start and it just looks like a shitty throw or a guy drops a a pass. I saw a stat today. I think Broncos are in the top 10 for most uh, drops or drop percentage this season. So yeah, they
1: have had a lot. Uh, Corlin Sutton seems to have like a couple every week.
0: Yeah, so, you know, that will – if and if that happens early, which I feel like is when it does, that's going to kill all of that shit.
1: So. Yeah, you know you know what I want to do is I want to hire – I don't want to hire Mike Shanahan again to be the coach full-time, so I don't think it would work out in the long term. But I just want to hire him, like, as a consultant uh, strictly to do that thing where he scripts, like, the first 10 plays on offense. Oh, there you go. And then uh, after that, he just doesn't do anything. He just watches the game. But he just has, like, that one job every week. Because uh, I feel like – it felt like uh, the Broncos always scored on their first drive when Mike Shanahan was the yeah. coach. And the 49ers seemed to do the same thing because uh, they did against the Broncos on Sunday. And uh, Kyle Shanahan's definitely taken the advice from his old man. But, yeah,
0: I want to get Mike Shanahan back in just that capacity. I think that's smart. Innovative. They should be yes. – you should, be, uh, you should uh, have uh... – What's that guy's name? Matt Russell's job? You should have Matt Russell's job. Yeah, I'm going to sell
1: this information to the Broncos. There we go. Unless unless they're listening right now, which they might be.
0: Okay, and I know we've touched on some NFL stuff, but we will transition to NFL talking. Talking. And we'll start with the the guy we've already talked about. Mm, Yep. uh, John DeFilippo. You think yeah. he'd be a, all I want to ask you, do you think he'd be a, a good head coach for the Broncos? Uh, and depending on how you answer that, where do you see him actually being able to go? And is it still a head coach, or is he just going to be coming in somewhere as an OC? What
1: do you mean, still head coach? I mean,
0: considered yeah, for a head coach.
1: No, nah, I don't think he can get considered as a head coach at like the year after you get fired. Um, I'm not to say he won't ever be a head coach because he's 40 years old right now. And he's got plenty of time. But, um, yeah, I think you just have to take an offensive coordinator job at the very best right now. Like, you could even – like, even, like, the year after you get fired, like, a lot of guys just, like, drop down and become, like, wide receiver, like, quarterback's coach for a year and then work their way back up. So, it's it's humiliating to get fired in the middle of the season because, like, it's always a big news story. And, like, you never get worked in, like, on the Black Monday where everybody's getting fired so people kind
0: of forget –
1: so, well, so many, for him.
0: so many coaches get fired. It's like Black Monday is really losing its power. You know what I mean? Yeah, really. Like everybody gets fired in the middle of the season now. Yeah, and you know, like my uh, my wife Jess always, <laughs> she always like brings up Black Monday. Like she remembers it <laughs> from like uh, 2013. She watched every Broncos game with me. Uh she learned a lot about football and I explained to her, like, oh yeah, I should make a video for Black Monday. And she was like, What is that? And like, that's when all the fucking coaches get fired. And every it's year, like, she yeah, she brings it up like she's brought it up like two or three times this season. She's like, Oh, that guy, is he gonna be part of Black Monday? <laughs> it's, it's like, just, how is that the one thing that really just stuck with you? I think uh it's like I'm gonna explain this because
1: I think she she uh associates it with a Black Friday. And B, Red Wedding from Game of Thrones. Oh. It just feels like something that would be a part of Game of Thrones. That would, no, that makes sense. That makes some
0: sense. Mm -hmm. Do you think, I mean, I feel like Philadelphia would be a place he should go back to. They have struggled since (laughs) losing him and Frank Reich. Right. Um, Or I guess maybe even Indianapolis. Um, I don't know, like I yeah. You think I about like relationships, and you know how important those are in the NFL. But
1: yeah, I'd like to see him get a chance. Like I think Indianapolis is, is a great idea, um, especially because they have a lot of cap space, and they could go out and sign Le'Veon Bell, for example, and that would be a really nice offense <laughs> to work with.
0: Yeah, and they're already throwing a hundred fucking times a game anyway. <laughs> yeah, and, like really. his criticism is like I mentioned earlier, not wasn't running the ball enough with. Uh, yeah. You know, Dalvin, the Colts are all, they don't care. Don't yeah. And right, if you get right, right Le'Veon right.
1: Bell, too, like you can just throw the ball to him instead of handing it off. It's the same thing, basically. Yeah. Uh, but I'd like to see him go to Arizona and make something out of Josh Rosen and Christian Kirk and those guys. Oh, you're saying he's got to
0: earn his stripes and prove
1: yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah.
0: Because, okay, that's fair. If you want to actually evaluate him as a head coach, I think that's brilliant. Uh, because if he goes to Indianapolis, like being Andrew, Lu- I could be Andrew Luck's offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, just drop back and um, you know try not to get sacked. But if you do, uh, make sure you compliment the guy on his hit uh, and just throw the ball either far to Ty Hilton or really high to Eric Ebron. Yeah, the,
0: one of them will score a touchdown. <laughs>
1: yes, or actually, no. Uh, your offensive playbook would just every play would be Mo Ali Cox. Just want mo' cocks. We're going to jam mo' cocks down their throats. All day long. Yeah. They're going to eat mo'
0: cocks for lunch. you are going to be wishing there were a lot less cocks around here. Um, do you think Eric Ebron playing so well in, in Indianapolis is a, an indictment on Matthew Stafford?
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big Stafford fan. <laughs> See, I've always liked Stafford, and uh, he just—he just like he's the classic, he's the quintessential can't get over the hump guy, and he never will, in my no, opinion. He can't. I mean,
0: I think it speaks. uh it, it might. It might. You could argue that maybe Calvin Johnson's the greatest receiver to ever play the game. Yeah. No, absolutely. Same way with like Barry Sanders, and they were both wasted in Detroit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Feels
1: like uh, if I still feel like. I still think like Calvin Johnson might come back at any time. It's wild. Cause I was thinking about this like a few weeks ago, but Calvin Johnson, like since he retired, like I don't think he's ever appeared like on a TV show or like done like any sort of press booking or anything. Like he's just been completely out of the public eye and he was one of like, he's a top five wide receiver of all time. Yeah. He's- that,
0: that concerns me actually will. Oh, why is that? Okay. A guy that good. The guy, one, who retires in his prime is always kind of weird. And now you bring up a point. He doesn't want to be in the public eye, doesn't want any attention. Maybe he's the kind of guy who's got a dungeon in his basement with a bunch of dead bodies in it. I'm not talking skeletons in your closet. Metaphorically, maybe he's a serial killer. Okay.
1: I was going to say, like, maybe he's working uh, with Michael Bay on like the next Transformers movie. Why wouldn't you want publicity <laughs> if you're doing that?
0: I don't know. He, he's, he was never someone that uh, Murderer, wanted publicity while he's playing. Seller, maybe he's a mule like Clint Eastwood is. Uh, or insider trading. I'm looking forward to seeing him. If us anything, taught us anything. Yeah. It <laughs> was a uh, uh, <laughs> you you looking forward to the mule? Yeah, a little bit. Did you watch well did you watch uh Eastwood's last movie, the train one? Oh, no. I no because
1: like uh both of those guys are from uh like right around where I live. Uh and I was like, "Oh, they're actually getting they're playing themselves in this movie. This like it's a nice
0: gesture, but this can't turn out well." <laughs> yeah, well, it turned out horrible, man. It is, it is bad. And <laughs> Jess and I watched that one night, and we were we we're like, <laughs> dialogue is terrible. The acting's really bad. I've never heard of these guys. <laughs> no, and and then I looked it up. I was like, oh shit, those are the real guys. And this turned out to be a terrible, terrible mistake, because it's hard. Like they did this incredible thing, and you can't be mean to them. No, nope. you don't want to like <laughs> dump on this artistic interpretation of this real shit they went through but then like as a movie you're just like oh man and he even like the dude just just watch it just for the writing alone because they wrote it too and it's like oh did they really the the conversation is because the guy wrote a book yeah Um, i don't know who helped him turn it into a movie but (laughs) some of the most dialogue i've ever seen in my life
1: uh, and Clint Eastwood like he, I love him as a director like Unforgiven is one of my favorite movies ever but he's not like um, he's not someone that's going to get the best performance out of his actors because he usually just does one take yeah he's the one He yeah. does he's the one, he's take. Like one, or, one rarely two takes and then he's like alright we're moving on <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it like he doesn't really give them notes or anything He just kind of yeah. lets people and like if you have like Tom Hanks in the leading role then that's going to turn out well but if you have two guys that haven't acted uh, you're probably in trouble
0: <laughs> yeah and, and like i'm not even sure if clint eastwood's a good actor like i've and i enjoy him in movies but i think he just he's just fucking clint eastwood yeah oh,
1: no he is um maybe the most clint Eastwoody film ever uh grand torino just oh, it just yeah. feels like a day in the life of clint eastwood <laughs> no that movie, i I that i was thoroughly entertained by that oh, movie. that's a great far. movie yeah no uh, uh, uh also the mayor of Carmel, California, for a period of time.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wears a lot of hats. Yes, he does. Play Misty for me. Do it. Um, um, where were we? We already talked about the Raiders moving. We, oh, yeah. So, they don't have a stadium <laughs> leased for 2019. Right. And nope. they sure as shit ain't getting one in Oakland right now.
1: Could talk to Mr. Eastwood, try to play in Carmel. <laughs> it's a very
0: nice place to live. Very nice. Uh, so options, maybe UNLV. Uh, that stadium, <laughs> yeah. I mean, UNLV. The one thing is,
1: it's just not. Uh, it's not built to hold an NFL event. It's a very small stadium uh, by college uh, <clears throat> by college standards, even. So they were talking about that, like they're kicking that around, like right when they decided to move and even then they were saying like no this can't happen
0: are will will the chargers uh well will the rams and chargers stadium be finished
1: no 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 i think that's the year after so that's off the table too
0: because i guess it would have made sense to let the raiders play like at the coliseum or is that the rose what stadium is it no they put the coliseum where usc plays. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. that would have made sense, especially since there's probably a big Raiders fan base in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, well, you know what What would actually make sense and what they should probably do is – because there's a lot of Raiders fans in L.A. and there's a lot of Raiders fans in Mexico – so you see where I'm going with this? Oh, What's Mexico in between, City? No, no, no. What's in between uh, L.A. and Mexico?
0: San Diego.
1: Exactly. So they play with, at Qualcomm.
0: Qualcomm. No, they should be the Mexico City home team, man. Uh, that is you, perfect. They're try, already try moving a team out of Mexico City. And see how that works. They're already adapted to playing on shitty field conditions.
1: <laughs> your head's no. going to end up in a duffel bag if you try to move that team. I've heard it's better there now.
0: Will? Uh, sure.
1: Mm. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Um, I don't leave
0: my house. What would I know about traveling to different countries? Fair enough. I barely travel to different grocery stores.
1: What do you think they, like if you could put the Raiders anywhere for a season, um, not like you're in charge of the Raiders, like you're still a Broncos fan. Like where do you, uh, where would you place them on the globe to play for a full season?
0: Oh, like to try to solve this problem. Yeah. Or make things worse depending on how you feel. Hmm.
1: Oregon, the Dutch Stadium. Okay. Uh, That's one option. (laughs) I was going for more like uh, Baghdad. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Anywhere on earth, huh? Yeah, I just want to, you know, place them somewhere in the Middle East (laughs) for a year. That seems mean-spirited. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Probably uh, impractical for travel
0: reasons, but
1: put the Patriots there
0: too. Where does UCLA's football team play? The Rose Bowl. The, so USC and UCLA both play there? No, no, no. USC plays at the
1: LA Coliseum. Oh, and USC that's the Rams at, play at the Coliseum. UCLA right?
0: plays at the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Oh, so the they I would put the Raiders Coliseum. at the fucking Rose Bowl. Then that makes maybe sense. the maybe the
1: Rose Bowl doesn't want a bunch of Raiders fans hanging out there every Sunday. Maybe it's not. Uh, it's it's a tough team to. It's a tough team to like uh impose to another like <laughs> city <laughs> and another team.
0: Yeah, but I mean, You're like you have the violator. When, when USC when UCLA, when UCLA realizes how much money they would make by doing that, I think they would get on board.
1: Yeah, cuz god forbid uh the UCs don't have enough money already.
0: They don't though.
1: <laughs> Guess what? They sure don't. <laughs>
0: Um, and, uh, Brandon Marshall released by the saints.
1: Yeah, this was, uh, this was very sad for me because zero plays zero yards, zero playoffs. Unfortunate. He was kind of the guy that was supposed to come in and, uh, and take over for Des Bryant after he got hurt yeah. after like two practices. Uh, so they didn't really put him on the field because they didn't really need to, because it turns out like Drew Brees can just make anybody better. <laughs> yeah, and but like you wanted to see Brandon Marsh, like even if he's not playing like just be on the roster for a playoff team uh, because he was drafted in 06 and 06 I think is like still the closest he's been to the playoffs because they lost that overtime game at the end of the season to the 49ers funny how uh, things change and stay the same but uh, I was at that game the, oh were you really yeah that was the night that, Darren that, Williams yeah. got shot yeah that was New Year's Eve Um, yeah, and they lose on the field goal that, uh, yeah, if they had won that in overtime, they would have gone on to the playoffs in Jay Kettler's first season. Uh, but they miss. then they go seven and nine, eight and eight, uh, eight and eight again. Then they trade Brandon Marshall plays for the Dolphins plays for the bears misses like that one year in 2010 when the bears make the playoffs, uh, and then just like bounces around after that to the jets. He's a game yes. away from the playoffs. They went ten and six, still didn't make yeah. it. See, where did he go after that? The Giants uh, just got hurt, and like the the Giants, like was a year late uh, to the playoffs because they made the playoffs the year before they signed him. Uh, then he was at Seattle to start the season,
0: and they have a ninety nine percent chance of going to the playoffs. Yeah, it's and fucking. They weird. cut him, <laughs> and it, and the it, Saints I mean, again too. We only watched one game, I guess, really with him but when yeah. the broncos and seahawks played week 1 he caught a touchdown pass he looked like a guy you could use as a third receiver on yeah. half of the fucking teams in the league so it is weird that the saints didn't get him on the field i feel like there's there's got to be something going on with him physically or something where yeah they don't trust him or i i mean picking learning I think it would be hard to jump into the Saints offense no matter who you are.
1: Yeah, probably. I would imagine that it's like so complicated after Peyton and Breeze being there for the last whatever 13 years.
0: No, that they talked about, like, they looked at what their plays were in their first season together or the Super Bowl, their Super Bowl run together versus what it is now. And they said it's like, so much more compl- complicated and complex they're like how did we even run an offense this simple back then so like you have two like you have a, a qb and a a coach relationship like that and i think just trying to jump in there is probably really tough uh still surprised though they didn't even put him on the field you know what i mean just yeah. like Have him run a few simple routes, and if he gets open, throw him the ball because I feel like he's still going to get the jump ball over almost any cornerback in the NFL. But
1: Right, and like Breeze is throwing to guys like uh, Austin Carr and Tommy Lee Lewis and Traquan Smith. I think that's his name. Uh, All
0: guys who worked out for the Broncos this week.
1: Yeah, or possibly NBA players. Right. And you feel like, well, you could use Brandon Marshall in the red zone at least, right? Yeah, no shit. I don't know, man. Who are we to question what the Saints do? They're still pretty good. There's a chance the Patriots will pick him up, you know? Uh, In that case, I'd just retire like Eric Decker. (laughs) Smart man. Yeah. He couldn't figure out their offense. (laughs) Hops on with the Browns. They win three games in a row.
0: Straight to the Super Bowl. There it is. All right, let's pick through these games at a very fast pace. Except Chargers for this first one. Except for this oh, first one. Okay. Okay. Because Char- this is a, this is a big game, Will. Chargers at the Chiefs. Chargers at the Chiefs. Uh final Thursday night game of the season. Both is it teams,
1: really? yeah, I guess yeah.
0: so. Both teams need a big win. Uh because after this, the Chargers play the Ravens and the Chiefs play the Seahawks. So, I think this is a this is a really big game for both teams and all the stupid playoff seedings. Uh, the thing that pisses me off the most is that the Patriots lose and then so do the Steelers. So do the Texans. Everybody who could have possibly jumped ahead of them, put the pressure on them, fucks up. Uh... So, um, who do you think is going to win this game?
1: I'm going to take the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, I'm they're going to take the Chiefs because they're they are at home, which is obviously a big advantage on Thursday nights. Arrowhead also a really tough place to play, and uh, having the Chargers lost nine in a row to the Chiefs too. Oh, I don't know, maybe.
1: Yeah, I think Rivers was talking about that. <clears throat> Uh, earlier this week, that makes These me think wet. they're actually
0: going to win this game. Then,
1: man, the the Chiefs have just uh, when was the last time they lost a divisional game?
0: Ooh, been a I don't while? Know, it has
1: to be because the Broncos haven't beaten them since week two, 2015. Uh, I, I'm guessing oh, it must have been the Raiders last year in yeah, that Thursday night game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Raiders did it, yeah, of it course. Was, they're turning it. I mean, the Broncos did the same thing to the AFC West when Peyton Manning was here. So yeah, like pretty much payback. Um, I'm excited to watch this game, though.
1: Yeah, I hope I'll be able to watch this. Um, I don't know if my grandparents' uh, house even gets Fox. That might be out of there. Uh, <laughs> might be they, out of their channel range.
0: Do they have wireless? Because you should be able to watch it on uh, Amazon or yeah, one of those. It, it's like five different places. No, I'll be able to. Well,
1: it's a different question of whether I'll be physically able to, uh, versus, um, whether your family you know, will. Yeah. Ethically, if it's the right thing to do.
0: Right. See you later. I'm going to watch this game in the other room. <laughs> yeah. Don't bother me.
1: Yeah. This could be the last time, uh, you see your grandparents. You sure you want to spend this time, uh, <laughs> watching the chargers at the chiefs.
0: Yeah. It's my job the last time they're gonna play this season. Yeah. <laughs> you ever think about that? <laughs> okay. Uh um I just put up a wild. I put up a video about this on my channel. Yeah, I go check it out. Depth on it. And now we can do the rest of these games very fast.
1: Texans at Jets. Te- Texans, please. Yeah I'll take the Texans as well. Uh Cardinals at Falcons. Race for mm-hmm. the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Fal- uh, Falcons also possibly the playoffs for the Falcons.
0: Falcons got a playoff chance. The smallest – that has to be the smallest of all the teams, but uh, Falcons.
1: Yeah, I'm taking the Falcons as well. Buccaneers at Ravens. Jo- Joe Flacco is the backup this week, officially mm-hmm. active and officially backing up Lamar Jackson, who officially lost for the first
0: time. Lost his job to Jackson. I'm going to take the Ravens. <clears throat> I'm going to take the Buccaneers. I feel like the Ravens' defense is going to uh, prove yet again, which we say quite a bit, that Jameis Winston isn't that good, even though he looked very good last week.
1: That's what he does. Is like He's
0: always good enough just to
1: like hang on for another yeah. year, which is worse than just being terrible.
0: He's got the highest out-of-pocket passer rating right now.
1: Whatever. Uh, Lions at Bills.
0: Lions still in it. Um, Are they really? Yeah. That's... They still have a mathematical – I mean, if the Falcons do, then the Lions definitely do because they have one more win than the Falcons. I mean, uh,
1: mathematically, if we're just going to talk about like what's mathematically possible, both of us could spontaneously combust
0: right now. Right. Oh, dude, but I'm taking the Lions here because this is what Matt Patricia has been waiting for all season long. Playing Cold outdoors. Game, Outside in Buffalo. This, no, is like, th- this is
1: the week where he has them like uh, inside, air conditioned, or the heat's cranked up to like eighty. Practice
0: at hundred degrees, yeah. like, a hot, like We're gonna, hot hot gonna simulate.
1: Through. We're gonna simulate the the temperature in the seventh circle of hell for this game.
0: <laughs> but it's gonna work.
1: Yeah, I think it will work. Uh, no, yes. No, I'm taking the Bills.
0: Yeah that's who I was going to take but then I thought about practicing outdoors.
1: Yeah, at what point does um Josh Allen uh beat O.J. Simpson's rushing record for the Bills?
0: <laughs> Next season. <laughs> Is he on pace? Okay. Next season he can do it because can't be, that, it can't be long. They'll know he they know he's so they'll know he's so good at running. So they didn't know that this year.
1: Mm. Packers at
0: Bears. Bears coming off a big win. So I'll I'll take the Bears. Uh, I watched that Packers, Falcons, and Aaron Rodgers finally got help. But uh, I don't think – I just don't think the Packers are – I still don't think they're a good team. So Chicago. I'm going to take the Packers. Ooh. Oh, how did we do on our picks last week? I feel Uh, like I did really
1: bad. (laughs) No, you're nine and seven. Oh. I was six and ten. Oh, yeah, tough year. Do you still week. have an
0: overall lead on me? Have we not calculated that? I gotta, I gotta calculate them. Again. Okay, we'll debut that next week since we're yes, we're trying to get the fuck out of here.
1: You don't want to see me do math. Uh, nope, live. That's not good. Podcast. I really want to
0: talk to you live.
1: <laughs> I agree. Uh, Raiders at Bengals.
0: Ah, uh, what a shit show this is! This is gonna be.
1: <laughs> Just don't play this game. Uh, I oh, say... Jackson's revenge against the team that fired him. No, not the Browns. The other team that fired yeah. him,
0: the Raiders. <laughs> um, the Raiders have played better the last. I'm, I'll take the Raiders. I guess. I'll take the Bengals. Got to win eventually,
1: right? I mean, they yeah. don't have to, but. Um, Cowboys at Colts. It's the Ooh. Horsiest game of the week.
0: Yeah, this is a good game, too. Cowboys yes. been playing that football, and I think the Colts are going to be the team that helps everybody across America shit on the Cowboys again. Go, Colts.
1: Yeah, I'm taking the Colts, too. I predicted uh, that the Cowboys would lose last week to the Eagles after that big Saints win. They should have. Uh, they should have. Um, because I'm always right, uh, but the forces of nature were conspiring against me, especially on that Amari Cooper touchdown, and uh, I think fortune will catch up to them this week. I agree, and I like and not post. only fortune but luck. <laughs> Andrew Luck
0: <laughs> nailed right. it.
1: Terrible. Moving on, Redskins at Jaguars.
0: Uh, Jaguars at home. Yeah. This
1: is gonna be what Josh Johnson versus Cody Kessler,
0: <laughs> the QB battle of the century. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this is the game we've all been waiting Black, for, man. Oh, jeez, I don't know who to take. I think I'll take the Jaguars just because uh, this could be another six to nothing game for them. Yeah, take them. Uh, this Dolphins. game
0: suddenly got interesting.
1: Dolphins at Vikings. Yeah, yeah. I feels like. I don't think these two teams have ever played before, <laughs> um, but the Dolphins suddenly after that win, I will say the one, the worst part about going to that game in San Francisco, not seeing the Broncos lose. It was not being able to see that uh, Patriots loss live.
0: Yeah, man. I turned back to that during cause I was live streaming during the game and I turned back to it thankfully and <laughs> watched it. I was like, Dolphins got seven seconds left. Probably not going to do shit here. And then it all changed, man. It all changed. (sighs) The Vikings lose. The Vikings are a better team than the Dolphins. The Patriots are a better team than the Dolphins. But I would be be doing the Dolphins a disservice if I didn't pick them to win this game. Even though I think that they probably (laughs) won't, I am picking the fucking Dolphins because I owe them that. I owe them that.
1: Yeah, you know what? I would love to pick them. Uh, (laughs) This just feels like a very Dolphins game to lose, though. Okay.
0: Titans at Giants. Giants are playing playing better ball lately. Yeah, they could make the playoffs, too. Their offense is uh, starting to click the way we thought it would. Saquon Barkley is – dude, he is insane. Did you see that clip of him – basically telling his offensive line how to block and then no. <laughs> the next time he was in the game he busted out that 75-yard touchdown run
1: <laughs> was he just telling them to like to start blocking
0: <laughs> yeah he's like just block me a yeah. hole and I'll get through it
1: so you see those big guys over there move them out of the way yeah he was just, run
0: he, in between you yeah he was just telling them. he was like look if you if you do this like keep doing it this way I can hit the seam like this or some shit and then Cut to him busting out a 75-yard touchdown or 70-yard – I don't know. But, uh, <sighs> man, the Titan. like, I don't know the Titans at all. One week I think they're possibly the best team in the NFL. The other week I think they're not deserving in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, they're coming off of destroying Jacksonville. Yeah. So they're going to struggle against the Giants. <laughs> uh Giants, I guess. I'm going to take Tennessee. I I want Tennessee because this I think – it feels like a coin flip, though. They make the playoff push interesting, but, yeah. I'll go Giants. Seahawks at 49ers. This used to be a
1: great game. Now it's a terrible one. Uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks. Seattle. I agree. Oh, Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Patriots at Steelers rematch of a game that the Steelers should have won a week uh, a year ago. Yeah. I think it was like a year ago, almost to the week, uh, where Jesse James touched, uh, touchdown catch to win it got reversed, which yeah. is awesome.
0: One of my biggest videos last year was how to fix the <laughs> catch rule. So, Steelers are desperate, man. They are in a desperate situation, and I actually like that for Pittsburgh. Uh, I feel like if the only thing on the line here was playoff seeding uh, that the Steelers would definitely lose. And I still feel like they're going to lose, uh, but I'm going to pick them to win just because I, I hate the Patriots so much. <laughs> uh, you'll get no argument
1: from me on that, but I don't think the Patriots are going to lose two <clears throat> two weeks in a row, especially in the fashion that they lost last week. Um. I think they'll probably win something like 60 to nothing. Something like that feels about
0: right.
1: Uh, I Eagles guarantee
0: at Rams that the Steelers won't win on the final play of the game. Although it would be hilarious if they did. Oh my God, dude. You never see the Patriots make that mistake. Like you maybe never- you shouldn't have
1: put in uh Rob Gronkowski. Uh, who's like his, his three cone drill at this point would probably be like uh, 45 seconds. I don't know if you want him as the last line of defense against King. No,
0: and not, not when you know uh, Ryan Tannehill, who's been fucking hurt all year, is not going to throw a 70-yard he <laughs> yeah. I love it, though. I love that it, a coaching decision and then a lack of execution, the two things that are always perfect for the Patriots go wrong. And then you can go back to the Eagles uh, Patriots Super Bowl. Like, well, maybe if Malcolm Butler was in the goddamn game, uh, you would have had a better chance of winning. Another coaching decision getting in those Patriots' heads. And also, Tom Brady's not that great anymore.
1: Yeah, and it looked like you got hurt in the Dolphins game. Uh, obviously, the Patriots will never disclose any type of injury on the injury report. Everybody is questionable. <laughs> yeah, everybody's questionable about everything. Uh, Bill Belichick is just the football agnostic. But. Yeah, he threw three touchdowns before he got hurt in that Miami game and then uh, didn't throw a touchdown after that. I don't know if that means anything. I'd like to believe it does, um, but I'm still taking the Patriots. Okay. Eagles at Rams. Ooh, man. Nick Foles is playing. Yeah. Nick Foles will probably play the rest of the year. Nick Foles is going to get the Eagles back to the Super Bowl. (laughs) That would be something.
0: That would be – the Rams are coming off uh, getting getting their ass kicked by the Bears. I'm yep. going to take the Rams. Did you see Sean McVay's press conference after that?
1: No, oh, we're not talking about the, the one where he just named all the
0: players on the team, which is somehow uh, really impressive. Uh, no, no, no. I'm talking about after that loss, all he did was just blame the entire loss on himself. Oh, like, <laughs> He was just – and he was like so positive and upbeat about it. I was like, "Fuck, no wonder coaches or players like playing for this guy." He's like, "I put him, I put him in bad situations." Uh, that's, that's really easy to do when you're uh, when you lose your second game of the year. Well, yeah, but <laughs> it was—I um, don't know—it was done in a way too, though that felt. It didn't feel contrived. You know what I mean? You know when a coach gets up there and like, we got to coach better. And you're just like, fuck you. You're, you're just saying shit. It like, felt like he really felt like he didn't do a good enough job coaching. Yeah. And I think that's probably what makes him a good coach. I'll never look at Sean McVay and not
1: think that he works in a Starbucks. <laughs> Even with that voice. No, he, his, his voice uh, isn't as deep as I thought it should be. Yeah, he's like you, you want a, a grande uh ice vanilla latte. Can we get a name for that? He would spell your proceeds, name. Then yeah. he just proceeds your- to to name all the all the customers in line in front of you. That's John, that's Terry, that's yeah. Bobby. Yeah. That's, he ran a, a four four with the combine. <laughs> he he gets three different that.
0: types of drinks. Depends on which yeah. day of the week it is. Today's is a Thursday. Yeah. That means he wants no sugar extra Frap in the cup. Yeah, what well, I don't know. Someone comes up.
1: Someone comes up to return drink. It's like, uh, yeah, I asked for, a, I asked for a venti, not a grande. It's like, oh, I'll, I'm going to take responsibility for that. It's entirely on me. Uh, don't that blame was on me, guys. Don't play, yeah, don't blame my young quarterback. That'll uh, go squarely on my shoulders.
0: Here, I'm taking the money out of the tip jar to pay for your drink. <laughs> I don't deserve this money. And yep. then and then the the store closes and he just loses his mind and like yeah. berates all of the guys that he manages. <laughs> oh, I love uh I
1: love uh, benevolent Sean McVeigh, <laughs> And then behind closed doors is just a horrible abusive man like Yeah. Will Farrell in that one SNL sketch sketch uh, skit sketch with uh Pierce Brosnan. Or is the the really evil boss?
0: Uh, I don't know if I even remember that one. Is this too deep of a cut? I don't
1: know. Someone will, someone will know what I'm talking about and appreciate that. Look it up if you have it. Uh But yeah, I've got the Rams. Okay, we're both taking the both of the Rams.: Last Monday night game of the year, Saints at Panthers.:
0: Ooh Is it No, it's not the last Monday night: it's... The Broncos played Monday night against the Raiders on Christmas oh, Eve. Fuck. Yeah, you're right. Which also fucks up my whole life. Yeah, that I don't want it's bullshit.
1: Yeah, people have stuff to do on Christmas Eve. You can't have the yeah, bronco. Like I want wanna... a
0: view of fucking video. Yeah, on... I yeah,
1: that's terrible. Um, like I want a game to be on in the background, but I don't want to have to care about it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Should be uh, Titans and uh, Cardinals or something. You know. Yes.
1: Well, I, I said I want it to be on. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that on in my house. <laughs> I wouldn't disgrace my my walls with that with that football spectacle. Um, Saints. Taking the Saints. I'm taking the Saints as well. Panthers have lost five in a row. Might as well be six. What's the difference? Uh, speaking of Monday Night Football, do you think next week will be the last game with Jason Witten and Booger McFarland together? I don't know. It just feels like I don't know uh, They gotta do something <laughs> It's, it's so
0: ESPN man It's unpredictable uh, ESPN should have hired me and they didn't Look look what happened
1: yeah. Every time you don't hire Brandon bad Something bad
0: happens
1: yep. Yep. Your president Gets a coke problem uh, You hired Jason Witten too soon All sorts of stuff all sorts of things espn plus is a failure it can all be traced back to not hiring Brandon.
0: oh yeah we got to do another film review you know
1: yes looking forward to those
0: probably after the season yeah things are gonna get busy and then they're gonna die down a little bit because we have less games to cover every week (laughs) we're
1: gonna wish we uh had more to talk about yeah
0: All right, well, you made it through another podcast. Uh, Congratulations. thank Thank you guys for listening. I love it. So does Will.
1: Yeah, I love all of
0: you.